G'day listeners, we are back. Welcome to another episode of the Keeper League podcast uh, with our AFL Fantasy podcast that doesn't focus on the superstars, we focus on the lesser knowns and the guys who are going to win you your Keeper Leagues. As per usual, I'm joined by my co-host Kays. How you going mate? I'm good mate. Jeez, it feels like it's been an eternity since we've been in this uh, living room. I'm not going to lie, I have not thought about footy for like the last three months and I reckon. It's nah. been the furthest thing from my mind. So it's yeah. been a refreshing break, but uh, getting back into the research for this episode, um, I am ST Ruggling. Uh, I cannot remember a thing that happened round one. I'm not sure who good players are, who are yeah. bad players. Um, I'm glad the draft's already done because I'd be fucked if that was held next week. I was just looking back <laughs> at my uh, team from round one where I, uh, what did I win? I won with 1,303. Okay. Which, what was the highest score? 1,420 was the best score in our league that round. Well, you're doing better than I am because I can actually remember one player in my side at the moment. So, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, like there's some good players, you know, like <laughs> Luke Parker apparently went off, like yeah. Ryan Burden scored a 79, which is the new 100 basically. Yeah. So, you I'm know. just going to bank on Brody. Grundy going large and just I'll talk about that all night and that'll make me sound like I know what happened in round one. Yeah. So well, that's fine. It's going to be yeah <laughs> interesting to see what uh, how rusty everyone is kind of coming off the, the long break. But uh, sure. yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like you. I hadn't really thought about footy at all. I wasn't, I'd kind of almost written the season off. So, but uh, with with a bit of the hype slowly co- kind of coming back and, you know, a bit of research for this pod, I'm, I'm excited for Thursday night. Yeah. When I fired up the spreadsheets uh, the other day, I was getting pretty excited. I mm. could, uh, you know, my data started coming in and started playing around with stuff and working things out and time on ground percentages and all that sort of stuff. Bring it. Um, yeah, I had a bit of fun with that. So, um, yeah, I'm getting pretty excited for it. I'm also excited for this Remedy Kombucha we're drinking right now, Case. You mean this Remedy Kombucha? Yeah, that one there. It's the, uh, yeah. what is it? The uh, Raspberry Lemonade. That's right. So, uh, that's a good one. The nice little pink uh, label there. Tell you what, that has not uh, lost its taste after... Yeah. Well, it's sat in the it's sat in the uh, in the box for three months. I reckon it's aged well. I reckon they aged pretty yeah. nicely. Yeah, very much so. There's yeah. still plenty of use by day on this. Yeah. 20, 2021, we're fine. And we didn't catch the corona, so I obviously put that down to uh, the organic kombucha as well. Lots yes, of, we uh, can't confirm nor deny that's the reason, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll go with that. Speaking of isolation, Kays, what have you been up to? Uh, what have I been up to? Well. Uh, it's been a bit of an interesting isolation for me, but, uh, you know, I, I uh, re-established my love for the PlayStation 4. Yeah, uh, same, we both, uh, we both bought FIFA, and even though we probably <laughs> didn't play each other as much as we probably had planned to, I've yeah. smashed out a few seasons as uh, Hamburg yep. in the uh, career mode there, so I've been enjoying that. Yeah, nice. Um, Fitness-wise, I've kind of gotten to running because I obviously was a bit of a gym goer, but that's all shut down now. I'm going back tomorrow, which I'm kind of excited about to... Wear off some, uh, yeah, some uh, beers that can be consumed <laughs> over isolation. Uh, got back into my horse racing, which uh, was a good time like for the me. Only on sport the, on at the time. Yeah, yeah, and it was a good good few Saturdays watching the races there. And I have just purchased a dog. So okay. the last three weeks have been a okay. bit uh, chaotic with a new puppy. Congratulations, mate. First step towards children, they say. Uh, apparently. You know, <laughs> the, you know, the two cats don't really love him. Uh, yeah. Sorry, her at the moment. But, yep. uh, you know, we'll get on. What yep. about you, Hef? What have you been doing? Uh, yeah, fuck loads of FIFA, really. Really, mm-hmm. um, playing online tournaments with mates and stuff like that. Oh, you're twitching. You're like next yeah, level yeah. gamer yeah, nerd. Got the now. camera going, everything. Uh, you can see it if you're watching the video here, where my camera's set up above my monitor. This, this is ridiculous, <laughs> man. Like this used to be a dark, dingy room, and now yeah. I don't know. You could grow some 
herbs in here and they would flourish. There is so much light in here. This is, it's nuts. My neighbours were growing a few uh, herbs next door. <laughs> <laughs> there is some of this, but they uh, had a bit of police action next door. Well, but then we won't dig into that one. Yeah. They might look in here and think something's a bit sus too. I, bet I would too. <laughs> Lots of lights in the room. Uh, yeah, very bright in here. Um, but that's all, all for the studio, I swear. Nothing else sus. Um, what else have I been doing? Uh, lots of dog walks, lots of family talk time, mm-hmm. hanging around mm-hmm. with the sun. Yep. Um, yeah, not working as much. Oh, sorry. In some ways, working heaps more. And then in some other ways, not working as much, just less after school commitments and stuff like that. But for, nice. for a while there, I was teaching two classes, one at home and one in front of me. So that was uh, at once. So that was pretty hectic. But Don't be weird. Yeah. Apart from that, uh, yeah, really a lot of time to reflect and drink lots of beers and put on heaps of weight. And yeah, it's been good. I think I have a, I actually have a proper beer gut at the moment. So yeah, no, yeah. I know. I do too. <laughs> That's why I'm drinking Remedy. And I'm North actually trying to think right of now. the last time I didn't have a drink, like in a day. And I can't, like, not that we've gone crazy. I was talking, about, talking about this with a mate the other day. Like, yeah, not that I've had, actually had a bender. I, like, I've literally probably just sat down to a beer every night and or a scotch or something. And yeah. it's slowly caught up with me. So. I was doing that for a while, but then it turned it just turned into weekends. And then I was having probably, you know, 10 beers a weekend. So it was just yeah, too I'm, much. I can't do that. But uh, yeah. all right. I'm new, new, I don't know, all new right. out of isolation, new body, new yep. mind frame. New you. New me. All right. Yeah. Cool. All right. Let's actually talk about some fantasy football. Let's so do it. Um, we're going to kind of, this is going to be a pretty free form episode. I don't think we're mm-hmm. going to have too much structure in it. But uh, I'm just, I've had done a run, a run a few numbers during the week and stuff like that. So I'll talk about a few things. And the big thing that's going on, I guess, uh, especially for our members of the Keeper League, uh, is our projections that we've got going on. Because um, there's not going to be a lot of State League fantasy scores going on. No. So invested a lot of time into that. So uh, basically, I've just had a look at a few um, captain options uh, for this weekend. Uh, not necessarily the most, uh, you know, sort of players. Um, the guys you think about straight away, but mm-hmm. because keeper legs run so deep, mm-hmm. um, you need to you need to have a kind of wide range of captain options. I think so. Uh, I just had a look at guys that might go right this well, and I'm really liking against the Gold Coast Luke Shuey and Andrew Gaff. So I reckon if they keep up their uh, round one form, so uh, Shuey had 116, and then Gaff had 107, and they're playing the Gold Coast. They're both average uh, close to 100 each against them. Gaff averages 99.6, so I'll give that to him. I'll round that up. Uh, but yeah, Shuey also averages 106 against the Gold Coast as well. So I'm liking them. Those. Uh, Rocky playing in the showdown, first time in the prison bars this weekend, Kay. So, uh, Wow, how yeah. exciting. He scored 150 against the Crows last time, so I reckon he's going to be all right. And I reckon the boys will the boys will lift this weekend wearing the bars. So uh, they're apparently making a comeback in future years, which is nice. Uh, I've heard a few things. Whatever makes you happy. Yeah, so I'm wearing the – for those watching the video, I'm wearing the 150 anniversary prison bar that we're wearing this weekend. So can't count the power. I've got no issues with the prison bar Guernsey as a, as a showdown strip, I don't think. I don't think uh, anyone could be upset with that. Nah, it's a great Guernsey. Considering Port – Magpies are now officially dead. <laughs> so, they, so the Adelaide media are saying. I don't think that's the correct term. But anyway, we'll see what happens. But the thing is as well, though, you look at every- I oh know we're getting sidetracked from the topic mm, here, but every Premier so League- easy to sidetrack here. Premier League club doubles Guernseys yeah, yeah, in colours. Yeah. Who gives a shit? I, I couldn't care less. Like, you, look at, you look at Manchester United, they have like purple yeah. strips. They, you know, like look at that Leicester, and, strips. You know, yeah. Leicester, Chelsea, uh, yeah. Everton, all wear blue. Doesn't really matter. I think they're known- Every major club in the world is known by their home strip. Yeah. And that's what sells, etc. Yeah, and then exactly. whatever else they wear who cares so I reckon Rocky's gonna go alright this weekend he averages, averages 117 against the Crows and uh, yeah had 150 against them last time so don't be afraid to put the C on Rocky I don't reckon Dylan Shield I'm really like I'm gonna talk about him a little bit more later on but I'm liking the inside uh, midfielders with the shortened game time so he had mm-hmm. 122 uh, last match and then he 125 against Sydney last time as well he only averages 84 against him though so um, mm. yeah and only averages 79 at the SCG so it's uh, gonna be an in- interesting one there, but uh, here's what I'm liking. Now, he, this will be a ballsy call, Kays, if you did this one. Sam Doherty. 
Would mm. you put the C on him? No. You wouldn't? No. Last time he played Melbourne, I know it was, you know, two years ago. Yeah. Uh, 152 he had, and he averages 98.8 against them. Round one, he had 95. He did have a good start to the season. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's ballsy. I don't know if I'd do it. I, yeah. I'm still wanting to give someone like Doherty a few games just to kind of get back into the swing. I know everyone's kind of on an even playing field now that no one's touched a footy in, you know, two or three months. But, uh, you know. Doherty definitely looks like he's on his way back up to those big numbers. Yeah, I reckon he can. I reckon he can punish our numbers. It's just the the knee you worry about, I guess. Mm. But I don't think that's too much of a concern. I think it's more. And he's had he's had three months to get fit, I guess, as well. He's going to be the, at least to be the same fitness level as everyone else. Um, I like him, but yeah, again, it'll be pretty, pretty ballsy. Uh, Dom Sheed, another one, just against the Gold Coast, averages four hundred and four against them, and also had one hundred and sixteen against them last time. Luke Parker, okay, is one of your boys, my boy. Yeah, no surprise he goes all right at the SCG, uh, but he averages ninety seven against Essendon. Two had 113 in round one. Last time we played him, he had 92 though, and that's the uh, full length quarters. So, um, but yeah, after round one, I don't mind the look of him. Here's a really interesting one. So, Liam Shields. Okay, so he wouldn't be the first guy you'd think to put your captain on, but if your team sucks like mine, mm. uh, and I've traded Liam Shields now, but last year Liam Shields was always thrown in the captain mix for me because he can can go all right. You know, if you pick mm-hmm. the right weeks, and he can go big. Um, he averages 92 against Geelong. But he's never played at GMHBA Stadium before. So they, cause they always play at the never, G. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's a bit of an unknown. But uh, look, he had 97 last round and 137 the last time he played uh, Geelong. Um, so he's worth considering. Uh, if you've got any other decent option, you, you'd do it. You wouldn't, you'd take that option. But uh, mm-hmm. look, if you've got no one else, like some, some people do out there, Liam Shields might not be a bad option. Brody Grundy I've got down the list. Uh, he's generally a go-to. But the only reason I've got him down a little bit is because the 79 he had against uh, Richmond last time, they played so um, a bit down on that one so you know I guess there's a bit of risk there but at the same time had 114 in the first round averaged 100 against Richmond and also averages 100 at the G so I don't think there's too much concern there but just pushed him down a bit I'm really like uh, I really like Paddy Cripps against Melbourne too so 94 um, average uh Sorry, 90, yeah, 94 average against those guys. Had 92 in round one. Had 140 the last time he plays them, played them. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, he's my 10th option, I reckon, for captain. So, hopefully you've got one of those guys in your side. I don't think I actually do. I've got one. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, probably should have gone deeper just for my own sake. But anyway, I've got a few there. Now, Hef, I really appreciate the captain's call stuff and talking about the good players, but please give our listeners some information on some shit players who could help them win this week. So I'm going to have a new segment this year called Streamers. Mm-hmm. All right. It's a really original name, but I'm going to pick five players each week that uh, have good history against their opposition. Nice. And uh, yeah, it could go okay um, this week. And if they're sitting on your bench, you might want to uh, consider putting them on. So first guy I've got, I'm not sure if this actually got, this guy's like an actual true streamer, but after round one, he might be. And this is uh, Bailey Fritch. So he only had 42 in the first round, but against uh, against Carlton, he does average 108.5. I think he's played him twice. The last time we played him, he had 120. One. So, Fritch against Carlton usually goes off for the two times he's played them. I think it's two. <laughs> Might be more. I don't know. Could be more. Probably more. I'm just going off the top of my head. Um, but, yeah. So, he's one I'd definitely consider. Next one's a bit left field. Uh, Alex Keith. So, playing now for uh, Western Bulldogs. Coming up mm-hmm. against St. Kilda this weekend. Um, he's only played these guys once, but uh, he do- did get 103 last time he played them. And they are playing, I think, oh, they play at Marvel Stadium, wouldn't they, these two? Can't, I don't actually have it written here, but I think that's where it is. Um, yeah, they, he averaged 91 at Marvel Stadium as well. So, had 71 the first round. Um, if he's sitting on your bench, he's definitely one I consider putting on. Uh, another one, again, who you might have cracked the shits with round 
round one is Hugh Greenwood. Definitely have him on this weekend. Loves Metricon Stadium. Averages 115 there. Um, also likes playing against West Coast as well. Averages 95 against them. So chuck him on the field if you've got him. Uh, Grant Birchall should make his return. We'll find out later in the week. But uh, injured round one. Um, but yeah, he averages 83 against Fremantle and uh, also 82 at the Gabba. Um, and last time we played uh, Fremantle as well, we had 80. He's pretty much an 80 average player for his yep, career. But correct. he he's definitely one I'd be sticking on the field if you've got him there, especially if he gets named. They kind of recruited him to be that kind of Luke Hodge replacement. And uh, yeah, I think he'll come into the side and play if he's fit and ready to go. Uh Last one of my streamers I'm thinking about this week would be Jake Lever. If I've got him, I would definitely consider uh, putting him on the field. Uh, averages 83 against Carlton. Doesn't have the uh, greatest average at, uh, I think they're playing at Marvel or Melbourne. I can't remember. MCG, I can't remember. Um, wherever he's playing. <laughs> uh, averages 48 there, so it's not the greatest. But the last time he did play, uh, Carlton, he had a 99 against them. So he's only 26% owned in uh, Ultimate Footy as well. So. Now, a fun star and someone I'm warming to in uh, – terms of who might be a valuable asset this year is guys who don't leave the ground. So looking back from round one, like I know it's only a small sample size, but there were only six guys who played 100% game time. Yep. Uh, Jake Lever was one of them, Oscar McDonald, Jack Darling, Griffin Logue, Michael Hurley, and Ed Langdon, surprisingly. So, he's obviously got a massive engine. So, I think in a year where it's obviously scoring is going to be a bit tough, yep. uh, potentially having guys who don't really go off, so your key forwards, key backs, yes, they might not be uh, huge, huge scorers, but you potentially bank on them getting a few more points than, you know, potentially a younger, you know, first or second year player who's likely to play less time on ground because the more time you're on the ground, the more chance you have of scoring points. So, I'm quite uh, quite keen on that little Jake Lever take there, Hef. I don't mind that at all. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll move on, Case. Now, this is something that's pretty close to your heart. Mm-hmm. A lot of debates this season about how we're going to do the lockout and stuff like that. Yes. We've gone for a rolling lockout, mm-hmm. which means this probably isn't going to be as relevant for our league. But mm-hmm. for those that still do the, the Thursday night lockout or the first Saturday round, if you're playing ultimate footy, yep. we've got a bit of a loophole segment mm-hmm. going on. So, uh, we're going to look at some players each week. We're going to look at uh, some loophole options yep. um, that you might want to you know, play early in the week, chuck a VC on, put mm-hmm. them, t- you know, put them on your bench or something like that to see how they go. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we'll try to identify a few there. So, Kays, what have you come up with? Well, I've had a bit of a look at the draw. So, obviously, we only know the first four rounds of the season now. And uh, Richmond have three of the four Thursday night games. So, I think there's some value in holding or even potentially trading off uh, some Richmond players. So, some teams who want to get off to a good start uh, in the season. Now, obviously, you know, guys like um, Dusty, etc., they're not going to go cheap. But, you know, there are some guys who are the, the next tier down or potentially trade baitable. So, I've kind of picked out three guys who I think could hold a bit of value if uh, you have them or could target them, especially if there's a few people who are a bit sleepy on what's going on and who's playing who when. So, okay. uh, I like from the back line, Nick Vloston. So, he actually ha- scored hundreds against Collingwood and Hawthorne last year. Yeah, right. Uh, who he does play in two of the games coming up. I think he's also coming into his own as an interceptor. We talked about him a bit yep. uh, in the preseason. I kind of like his game. So, Nick Vloston might be one who you could get for cheap and could be a very valuable loophole target in the back uh, back line there. Jack Graham, uh, one who's had an injury-affected preseason, had a pretty average first game, but obviously a bit more time to get fit over the last couple of months. The good thing about Jack Graham is, is which is I think important if you're going to have guys on your on your bench to loophole, you want guys who can literally go ham. And yep. Jack Graham has a huge ceiling. He can be one that can go either, you know, bust or break kind of thing. So yeah. I think with that, you know, if he's going to get you 30, so be it. But he could get you 120 and you're absolutely laughing. 
Uh, and Tommy Lynch, uh, another one. He's obviously a bit more of a premium option, but he kicked a minimum of three goals against uh, Collingwood, Hawthorne, and West Coast in yeah, right. all four start. of your game last year. So if he's going to kick three goals each game, you're mm. probably penciling him for a 50 or 60, which yeah. we know this year is a pretty damn good score. So Basically 36 points guaranteed there off the bat. Exactly. And, and so you take that for that. sure. Yeah. So they're kind of three guys I think you should keep your eye on uh, heading into this uh, you know, first four-week period. But just on loopholes, so uh, our commissioner chose to go with rolling lockout, which I'm not necessarily a fan of, but I think it can get a few guys unstuck because people tend to keep banking on the next guy's going to get a better score, the next guy's going to get a better score. I think when you're doing rolling lockouts, I still personally like to keep my players earlier in the week so I'd be banking you know for me like a Liam Baker or something like that who could go okay maybe even a Jack Graham I've got him and then you know basically then try and lock in your best 18 from there if the the early ones pay off good if they don't not good whereas some people like to risk it and kind of throw in a few different ones there and grab people off their bench sometimes you get unstuck because you end up having to put some guy on who's had 13 or yeah you know take a donut or something like that so just be very careful if you are going the the uh, partial lockout basically if you go yeah and if you go on the yeah like the roll if you go on the rolling lockout, just make sure you've got two half-decent players and yep. you've got the VC on the one that plays first and yep. the captain on the one that plays second mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, see how you go from there. The bench uh, the bench option can be, um, you know, the rolling lockout with the bench uh, and trying to loophole them. They can be fraught with danger, mm-hmm. I guess, if, especially if you get an injury or something like that. It can absolutely fuck you over. Big time. So um, be careful. It's a risk. I reckon you only really need to take the risk if you, uh, you kind of need to do everything you can to win. Mm-hmm. Um, if your team's in a pretty good position, you're pretty confident with it, I yep. would probably not fuck around with the bench too much and I think yeah. from our kind of legs there's always two guys you know maybe for your last spot and your defence or your forward where you go not sure whether I'm going to play you or you yeah. so just guy play now you have the opportunity to play the guy who's playing first if he scores well Get yep. him in. If he doesn't, you haven't lost anything. Yep. I think the captain loophole one is the interesting one. Like for me, yeah. I would never uh, put the VC on Brody Grundy, potentially only that uh, this Friday, this Thursday, sorry, because it's the Thursday night game. But yeah, yeah. I wouldn't really muck around with trying to get someone better than someone who's the top elite player. So, you know, Brody Grundy's got Thursday night, Friday night, Friday night, Saturday night games. I still wouldn't even risk VCing him. Wouldn't you? No. I absolutely would. If he was playing before someone else that's half decent, because just in case he has a stinker, you get the second shot. If he, if he pulls out like a 70 like he yeah, did last time ha- he played. Uh, but how many times do you – then what's your level? When do you go, I'm taking that? Well, yeah, it's actually it's a bit harder with the time ground. So mm. I'd go the 80. Like if yep. he gets 80, then you keep him. If he goes the 70-odd, then you hopefully you got another guy that averages around the same odd. And so, yeah, cool. yeah. so potentially you've got to make sure you set that internal level yourself so you yeah. know what you're happy to take. Don't try and get too greedy because uh, greed is not yeah. good. This season uh, – an 80 is going to be a good score, mm. I reckon. So, yeah, um, yeah maybe a bit more. <laughs> maybe got a bit hungry than that. Um, I've just been uh, got real nerdy and I've just yeah. had a look at a few uh, just recent form against other players and stuff like that. So, guys I would consider because, um, you know, you've named three, but, you know, usually you have 300 players taken mm-hmm. in your league. So, just yeah. a few that other people might have. Uh, I like the look of uh, Chris Mayne as a, as a captain, vice captain option if you um, mm-hmm. if you don't have anyone else. He had 104 last time played in Richmond, so that might be all right. Um, Jack Crisp, uh, I don't really need to say a lot about Jack Crisp, but, uh, you know, he averages 81 against Richmond and uh, 88 at the G as well. So had 93 last time we played him too. Uh, Jaden Short, uh, I reckon this guy is on the up and up. But uh, just, just despite his uh, round one decent score, which was 66, which equates to around the 80 mark um, with the time on ground, uh, he did have 106 against Collingwood last time we played them as well. Uh, same with Tom Langdon. Uh, might go okay. Is he fit and firing? I don't I believe remember. so. No, nah, and then he well, don't it VC could be that a good guy. bench option. <laughs> don't VC that guy, but I just thought I'd chuck him in there because he had good numbers. Uh, and Jordan Degoe. 
might be a good VC option. Mm. 119 against uh, likes the big stage time, for sure. Uh, in terms of bench stuff as well, um, I guess uh, Shy Bolton um, is always kind mm-hmm. of a guy that can go up and about. All right, he's, so, he's a classic yeah. loophole option for yeah. me. So if you if you got Shy Bolton, you're playing on the Thursday night, you chuck him on the bench and just see how he goes. And mm-hmm. you might be able to bring him on if he goes all right. Another bloke similar similar mold, Brody Marchek yep. as well. Um, if he's not in your field already, which he might, he's kind of getting to the stage where he might be already there. Um, he's a good uh, option. He had 82 in round one. Um, so, yeah, I think he doesn't have the greatest history against uh, Richmond, but I just think he's kind of getting to that level where he could actually start, you know, picking a few games apart and things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nank the Tank as well. I reckon he can bounce back maybe with a bit of a spell. Uh, a lot of people not uh, probably thinking too highly of him at the moment, especially behind Soldo, but uh, definitely a good little loophole. I'll chuck him on the bench and see how he goes. Mm-hmm. Um, you probably own Soldo, though, <laughs> if, you've, if you've got him as which, a handcuff. Uh, which really hurts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if, maybe if you've got another ruck that's better, then, uh, yeah, have a go. But uh, you might not be able to do much there. Uh, and another guy, if he ends up playing, I'm thinking Rupert Wills with the lower time on ground could go okay if he comes in. So there was talk of him coming in round one. Braden Sire fighting for spots. Neither of them got a game anyway. But, um, yeah, if, it, if one of those two does come in, um, I would have a look at them as a bench option as well. I've actually uh, taken a look at the Geelong Hawthorne game as well, Case, because uh, if you play the first mm-hmm. Saturday game, yep. you might have a couple there. So th- well, a, it's not a huge list, but uh, the few I like is uh, Isaac Smith and uh, Ricky Henderson for VCs. It's obviously better performing players, um, mm-hmm. but I kind of just disregard them because you know you know you're going to put a um, you want to put a captaincy on Mitch Duncan or you're going to put you know on Tom Mitchell, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of just pff, not not going to talk about them, but mm-hmm. some kind of riskier guys if you've got them. Uh, Isaac Smith and uh, Ricky Henderson. I like the look of those two. Um, um, basically, uh, 80 averages against their opposition, both 84 average against their opposition, but can go uh, can go okay, especially Isaac Smith with the 85 in round one. Just a few bench options that uh, look promising, uh, guys that generally go okay against uh, the current opposition. So Sean Burgoyne, Tom Scully, uh, Dan Howe if he plays, and also Sam Manigola if he doesn't get dropped after round one. Uh, those guys generally go well against their respective matchup in these ones. So if you've got them on your bench, there's guys you want to sit there and uh, maybe bring them on. Nice. All right. So, again, we don't really have too much else to talk about in terms of fantasy-wise um, because uh, we don't have any games to recap or anything <laughs> like that yet. But uh, we'll have a talk about uh, – we'll get some to some listener questions in a second. But I'll just remind everyone that we basically got our membership uh, options out there. Um, uh, basically, everything we make out of those goes back into the podcast. Um, and uh, we've kind of heavily invested in some new tech and stuff like that in the recent weeks um, to make this podcast even better. So, um, thanks to those who supported us with that. But basically keeps us going all the all the costs that we uh um that we incur uh putting this podcast out there um all the hosting and all that sort of stuff um so cheers for that but uh if you are a member you'll notice the projections have been updated they went out today on monday night we'll have a waiver wire podcast um out for you guys so basically that goes out on monday to let you guys have the advantage on your leagues to uh sign those waivers before the uh the lockout or the, sorry the um the restrictions are lifted usually on tuesday so you can have a listen monday night and get involved in those um the breakout tracker got uh, updated after round one and that's going to keep updating throughout the season so that uh compares players a uh, career average against the best in the composition so um helps you spot some breakout players there but uh yes yeah, so that's all the updates we got going um there might be a few other things thrown in here and there as well uh, but as per usual we thank our gold members so the guys who committed uh 40 bucks um to the podcast and we'll like to thank those guys now do you want to read them out case i'd love to thanks to robbie ogden josh donhart dan letho james wish evan brumby thank you guys for supporting us and sticking through us 
over the last couple of months when it's been a bit uh, flatlining. So we're Definitely. back, we're ready to go. And I think with the uh, with the uh, resources and stuff, because we're going to lose our twos news or whatever you want to call it from yeah. the twos, um, you know, if there's anything else that you might want us to uh, bring to the table for the um, for the gold members, we'd love to uh, get your feedback Something on that. Something to fill that hole, definitely. For sure. Um, podcast, oh, sorry, if you want to join up as, as a member as well, the link's in the uh, description below um, on your podcast player. So you can just check there, click through there and sign up if you can to. Um, all right, we'll keep going. Uh, let's have a look at uh, podcast reviews. There are none, so that's a bit no. disappointing. <laughs> it's been downtime. We're up. We're, we're bouncing back. Definitely. Um, all right. Let's get into the listener tweets, I reckon, Kay. So, uh, read us out one that's come uh, through this week. Rightio. We've had a few over the uh, break, so we'll go through some of our favourites. The first one from regular contributor at AJS Hawker. How would you rate this trade in the Keeper League? We have Brody Grundy and Adam Tomlinson for Rowan Marshall and Nat Fife. Uh, there's also an exchange of picks there. The new Marshall owner gets pick one uh, and Grundy gets pick nine so they keep 13 in their league so how do you rate that Hef? Uh look if we if, if, if you're going for future um, the Grundy looks very tempting Marshall and Fife is um, quite good though as well because if you look Marshall versus Grundy there wasn't a huge like I guess there probably was a 20 point different last season but Ruckman are kind of flippant for mine like I don't know how long you can rely on them for like through the years generally it you know, chops and changes a bit. I know Grundy might be a bit different. He's had a few years at the top now. But, uh, you know, look at look at them through history, I guess. They kind of do flip around a bit who the best Ruckman is and stuff like that. So, having Fife for Tomlinson, if you look at it that way, Grundy for Marshall and Fife for Tomlinson, I don't actually mind that too much. But I think if you're going for future, you'd probably th- you'd just want Grundy in your side and you'd get him in there and set and forget for a while. What do you think? Uh, well, Grundy and Tomlinson are both 26. Uh, Fife's 28, Marshall's 24. So... Basically, on average, they're all the same uh, age. But I think there's only an eight-pick differential in that kind of uh, pick swap there. So, for me, I don't think that's enough to not have Brody Grundy. I think you want the uh, ruck pick in your side. Uh, Nat Fife's obviously a star, but I think Adam Tomlinson's going to be quite handy at Melbourne uh, this year. I think his, uh, his average will keep rising. So, I think right, Grundy's just such a good set-and-forget kind of player and, and a captain option each week, whereas I think Marshall, there's still that... Uh, risk associated with him in terms of that, you know, consistency, especially with uh, Ryder coming into the Saints. So I'd be going with the Grundy Tomlinson side for sure. All right, let's move on to the next question. Uh, at Russ2468, uh, with reduction in quarter lengths and extended breaks, the scoring of junk time endurance players could be affected. Are there any low burst uh, TOG players that you think could benefit from the changes? Well, you uh, pulled some stats, Hef, uh, with some time on ground stuff and you've got a big spreadsheet that we've got access to back here it's a bit of a hard one to tell really isn't it because you know some players went crazy good with less time on ground and some players really dived and had basically the same amount so it's really hard you know I tried to pull some stats out of it and make some sense out of it from that but from one round it's very hard and when you throw into you know equation that you know you know an average last year of 100 is you know basically an average this year of 80 it's like the data gets quite um yeah, bit bit tough, but I think that with some of the the types of players, whether it's the low TOG guys or the the, the stayers, I think you know I know the hair uh, 
lost to the tortoise in the fable. But I think that it's really going to be horses for courses. And I think by kind of round six, once we've got through this first four-week period, I think we'll have a bit more data, a bit more time to know whether, you know, your, your speed players get more chance and, and whether the, the slower guys stay on the ground more often. I, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's really hard. It is really hard to tell from round one. I've gone through a few just uh, – look, oh, and I'll, I'll preface this with saying that I've adjusted every player's score, um, times it by 1.25 to kind of get a reflection on last year, um, the year before, mm-hmm. to see if there's a bit of a comparison. So, for example, uh, Adam Saad. So, he reduced his time on ground by 5% but had an increase of 32 points. So, yeah. just a little kind of an anomaly there. Is that the mm-hmm. right word? Um, but, yeah, so less time on ground. So, even less than he would have played the previous season but increased his scoring um, when it's adjusted. So, that might be a little bit of a factor. Um, but, yeah, look, we have to wait to see what happens with uh, – and I guess that score because he did have a huge score. That will come down with more games to go so we'll get a more mm-hmm. an accurate reflection there. But players like Liam Ryan and Lewis Jetta actually performed better with mm-hmm. the kind of same percentage of time on ground or very yep. similar. Yep. For mine though, Bailey Smith had more time on ground in terms of overall percentage, but uh, I guess it was that would be pretty similar numbers to what he would have played last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and he was he was very very good in round one. But the thing is, other other Western Bulldogs midfielders um, they got a lot of attention, so he was kind of let off the leash a little bit. So, just a few there that I think uh, that were low time on ground type players or flashier type players, mm-hmm. endurance. Uh, sorry, the you know the um, speedsters, speedsters, and that sort of stuff. Um, those guys' numbers were up, so there could be something to that. Yeah, I think we'll kind of have to keep updating this week by week because more data we get in, the more games we see, I think we'll have a bit more of an idea. But uh, it's very interesting. I think I think there could be a big, big, um, big game changer with all that stuff. For sure. Uh, next one, at Trev014. Does Akers come straight back onto the wing? Freo were okay in round one in that area. But uh, the big recruit of the season for the Freo Dockers was Blake Akers. Is he uh, going to play this week? Yeah, well, there was a report saying he was playing as an inside mid uh, in trials. So, um, Trav was asking us, uh, we come straight back onto a wing. Um, look, he's playing as an inside mid, but I think that is more so probably due to midfield depth in terms of trials. You can't, mm-hmm. um, you can't, you know, duplicate everyone and things like that. Yeah. So, someone's going to play in the midfield against the actual uh, first team midfielders. So, either way, I think he comes into the midfield somewhere um, mm-hmm. this week and I think he'll go okay. Yeah. Uh, I agree. I think he's a good player. Uh, next question at jtaranto288. Are there any new breakout candidates that will directly benefit from the reduced quarters? Yeah, Anyone I think- that you've got an idea on? Yeah, I think Bailey Smith uh, is the big one for me. Just uh, he will- lift his game to that next level I think just due to the less time on ground because he just plays similar numbers as he mm-hmm. did last year but that'll bring him um, up to the pack um, it didn't happen in round one because he played the exact same percentage but I'm hoping Andrew Brayshaw he's generally a low time on ground player <sighs> but he played Brayshaw the exact but he, played, stunk, man. but he played the exact same percentage so he, plays le- he played less game time than normal in round one it was mm-hmm. ridiculous like what is going on with him so he ne- if he could just get that game time up to kind of normal level and mm-hmm. kick straight he should be fine but I don't know what's going on what do you reckon? Uh, well, I think Meg, uh, Meg, Meg, Meg Hendry. Shut up, Meg. <laughs> um, he apparently played well in the Crows' internal trial yesterday. I'll read this uh, little quote from the Crows' website. Meg McHenry, <laughs> I can't say it. Why can't I say it? Spit it out, mate. McHenry was ferocious when the Sharon was in the vicinity, while rookies Ben Keys and Ben Crocker did their chances of club debuts no harm. So not only look out for McHenry, but look out for Ben Keys. But uh, I think... The Crows are going to play some of these kids. I think they're going to get the chance. Uh, we saw um, uh, Chase Jones have a chance in the first bit. Interesting one for me. So, Callum Mills, is it his year? So, he had tw- uh, 72 in round one, uh, played 96% time on ground, which I think was about 14, 15% up from last year. Now, we're talking about players who might benefit with different kind of uh, 
the shapes of how people get on and off the ground. Do people who have an okay tank player, that quarterbacky kind of role like Mills has been playing, are those guys just not going to leave the ground because they don't really exert too much energy, they're good with the ball and they're kind of leaders back there? I think there might be a bit of a, a flow to some quality ball users really not uh, going to the bench much. Well, you think if players have prepared their tank to play 80% of the game anyway, which is basically the average, mm. you'd, you'd think they'd be able to run out an 80%, like, you know, a game that's 80% in length. So I think no, it's not going to be Callum Mills specific. There's going to be a lot of players, really, that are that were just kind of going to be playing to their normal, you know, game time, but that just boosts their percentages up to close to the 100 mark just because it's their normal tank. Yeah, but, like, you still got to sprint for a ball. Your sprint efforts don't stop even though there's yeah, maybe I, I do 10, get you. 5, 10, 15. I do get you need a rest for that, but that's probably more to do, like, Callum Mills really kind of isn't one of those sprint exactly. So, players. if you can only have yeah, yeah. so many people resting, he's going to be one that won't rest. Yeah, no, I, I do. Yeah. yeah, I guess I do agree with that because I think, yeah, some of the kind of, um, I guess that you use the hair and the tortoise type players, but I think mm. some of the tortoises are going to actually, uh, yeah, spend a bit more time on ground and might be a bit more fantasy relevant for sure. Mills season, everyone, you heard it here first. But uh, I think the interesting one with all the reduced quarter stuff is the time on ground that we'll see from, you know, your rookies or your first and second year players who, you know, historically only play 50 to 60% of game time, maybe 70 you know, what do they look like and what do their scores look like when, you know, 50% of, 80% of a game is, is not too much? Yeah, it's weird because I reckon some clubs just follow their same rotation policy, um, you know, seven minutes on, seven minutes off, probably mm. something like that or that kind of random stuff, whereas some kind of used it to affect it in play, use it to their advantage as well. So we'll have to wait and see how it goes. Um, basically, if you're sprinting for the same amount of time or running half the same amount of time, you probably still need the same amount of time rest. So, mm. yeah, we'll have to see how it plays out. Big time. Anyway, Kaze, what's the next question? Uh, at Shoto5, what are your thoughts on Mason Redman? 23 years old, 30 games, uh, lots of injury problems, but seems to have a clear run at it now, Hef. Do I even need to ask you this question? Yeah. Uh, I'm starting a new hashtag, hashtag mm. GOB, which oh. is uh, get on board. I'm pretty sure it's already uh, a hashtag. Is it? Oh, sweet. Yeah. Well, it's You're a school user. teacher, man. I'm you should know what all the hip kids use, man. The kids are definitely not using hashtag GOB, that's for sure. <laughs> so, um, anyway, let's, uh, yeah. So, I reckon with Mason Redmond, I definitely think he's going to have a big year, I reckon. So, Agreed. Heard it here first, except it didn't. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the hashtag, it's already been used. Um, Fantasy Factory Live is asking, from memory, James Rowbottom uh, was an early favourite mm-hmm. for you guys. Uh, do you still rate him after round one? I do. Uh, there's not too much to read into one round of a game that, uh, you know, was a bit weird. Uh, no crowd at the Adelaide Oval that time. He had 45 points from 61% time on ground, um, you know, 20% loading on that. It's only a 55, which is not huge, obviously, but uh, I'm confident he can be a really good player. Uh, it seems that they've given, kind of given Ollie Florent a fair bit of uh, time in that midfield. So I think Sydney are generally going to push, you know, these kids through, Rowbottom, um, Florent, um, even Georgia Hewitt, etc. So I think, uh, yeah, stick with him. He's going to be very good. And in keeper leagues as well. You don't judge a player after one round. You kind of second and in second year. Yeah, exactly. He's a tall kind of guy. He's a centre forward in ultimate footy. Like you're not going to lose having him in your forward line. I don't think. No. Peter Kendall. Next question from Facebook. To shorten quarters equal more big-bodied midfield domination? Yeah, I think so because teams will need to play more directly and opposition will have to play, you know, will be able to play um, harder and faster with less fatigue as well. So I think there's going to be less reliance on that uh, possession gameplay and chipping it around and that sort of stuff because there's just not enough time to do it. Plus, you've got the tanks to actually play a bit more direct and harder and faster as well. So I think, yeah, players like uh, Viney Cunnington, uh, Shield and even players like Zach Jones, they performed well in round one. So I reckon this is a bit of a bit of an indicator on this. I think 
interesting to see. I still think there's going to be the importance of the impact player coming through and, you know, crushing crashing through the centre. But, uh, yeah, I think as we kind of touched on with Callum Mills and the guys who have the engines that can stay out there longer, I think they're going to stay out there longer. Um but then also, yeah, your key forwards and key backs, you know, I think we're going to see less of them coming off. So clubs will know which players who, who need rests. I think there's going to be a lot more effort put into, or, you know, uh, time and effort, I suppose, from the the um, off-field side going into that is who's got the tank that can run out more game time, etc. It also seemed from the stats that we pulled uh, from round one, some of the good ruckmen aren't going off the ground as much, you know, like your Grundies, your Goldsteins, guys who can go forward um, will probably end up just pushing forward more because they can't afford to have, you know, them stuck on the bench for, you know, two or three minutes because that's a shit ton more time than it used to be. So I think that the the real quality players will somehow be pushed uh, pushed forward or back or, or whatever needs to be to plug a hole and, and not see them on the bench. All right. The next two questions look to be aimed at me, Carl. Mm, so do you right. read them out? At TWR412. Interested to know how many different beers Hef has tried between rounds one and two? Too many. Uh, a lot. I want like a number. If you had to guess a number of how many beers you've had since what March twenty five. So I don't like I don't drink large volumes of beer, but I drink lots of different types of beer. So um, look, and I heavy beers. Yeah, yeah. So I probably would have had uh, I don't know. Let's go with uh, 20, 24, 25 a month. How many months we're out for? Three, probably about seventy different beers. I don't know. Different beers. Yeah, maybe not seventy, but like yeah, probably would because I never buy. I'd buy like maybe six or no six to eight a week. And they're I all would, singles. They're all yeah, all singles. Nothing, nothing the same. So and try to usually try something new. Now you've got a bit of a so, cult yeah. following on Twitter for your craft beer knowledge. Yeah. yeah if you had to give the listeners maybe one or two or three, maybe not even particular types, but uh, you know, a brand to go look out oh. for in the independent bottle shop. Anything by Deeds. So Deeds Brewing. Anything by Dainton. Mm-hmm. Um, what else am I enjoying at the moment? Um, I've uh, been uh, drinking an Estonian label called a what Pahala, and if you can find any of those beers, those dark, you know, darker like porters and uh, stouts and stuff like that, definitely get on board. There are uh, they're usually sealed with wax and things like that, so they're usually pretty bloody expensive. But uh, yeah, very very nice, uh, rich dark beers if you're into that. So yeah. Silent. Sweet, well, yeah. I've uh, I've had some, you know, West End tins and Cooper's tins, you know, like you know, I just keep it local. No, there's, oh, I don't know what I've had. I've got a few mismatches in the fridge lately. They've been very delicious. They're Sport good, local, good uh, South Australian brewery. Next question at Russ for at Russ two four six eight. Will Koshi give Ken a COVID mulligan if Port don't set the world on fire this season? Yes. The league leaders, Port Adelaide, that is. They will, unfortunately. Um, I don't think they'll have the balls to sack him after this season. They probably don't have the funds to sack him. Well, they should have the. F- they'd have more funds if they sacked him. <laughs> That's the thing because they they got the exit clause. They'd have half a mil in the bank. They wouldn't have to pay him next season. That'd be great. But what happens when he wins your flag this year? But he won't. <laughs> Why not? Well, if he does, definitely. You can have another contract. I would say, if you win the flag, Ken, you can have another contract. Finish second, you're out. Are you going to let Ken coach next year if he wins a flag? Yeah, if he wins you a flag. You personally. Definitely. No, but you personally. That's what, a silly question. No, 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 no. You personally, what's the, the break even? He'd have to make finals. Yeah. And even then, it's still iffy because we made finals the other year without beating a top eight side. But now at least we play everyone once and it'll be even. The only problem I have with Ken is we finish 10th every year. Mm. Like, it's So you need to finish, <laughs> what, top four, top six? Just in the eight. I'll be happy with that. You now. can lose the elimination final and be yeah, happy. Well, the, the contract clause is if they make the eight, then he, they, he gets, to keep his, uh, gets to keep his contract. So that's as simple as that. But I just don't want to finish 10th again. 
Okay. Anyway. Anyway, next question. Uh, at AFL Stats, mate, given the fixture change, who are the trade-in and trade-out targets for the first four weeks? Um, look, I don't know. It's, it's like in a keeper league, you should be trading and trading out like this anyway. You're not really targeting who you play in the first uh, few weeks. You want to be looking at your season and the future seasons ahead of that. So I don't know why this question's coming through. But uh, I'd, just, I'd recommend anyone from Gold Coast, Western Bulldogs or Frio, uh, anyone who's playing them guys, sorry, because they gave up the most points in round one. So I'll just use that get-out clause of some t- statistics there. And, uh, yeah. Uh, look, if you are playing your waivers and stuff, which I assume what the, the question may be more about, you want to be focusing on, your, I think, getting in some Tigers players or, or the guys that uh, are playing on your Thursday and Friday night lights to uh, Friday night game sorry to um to get the the loophole option but you know see for me i think if you can get the guys who are playing good time on ground numbers i think if you're going to be on the park especially over the next little bit you're going to get more of the pill so uh, i'll be working around those uh, even if it's a, a key forward key back i, I don't mind them all right guys last question rightio the last question is from at jamie radford at 66 do you have five players who will benefit from shortened quarters and five players who it could affect? Um, I'm going to go through and I try to keep it keeper league related without going mm-hmm. with too many superstars. I've got one superstar in there that I think is going to really struggle. But anyway, uh, I think Jack Viney is going to go well this season, just up in the back of round one, plus low time on ground with injury history. He's not going to have to do as much, so it's going to be good. Nick Nat, uh, naturally low TOG player, can actually pretty much play four games now, um, or close to 80% at least. So uh, I think he'll go really well. Uh, Grant Birchall just being old. I think he'll go okay, and he's going to be floating around on a few waiver wires. Always been drafted late. Andrew Brayshaw, fingers crossed. I think low time on ground. It's going to be good for him. It's going to be good for him if he can bloody play the normal game time. And uh, Ben Cunnington as well. I think just a slower, bigger body, older type, but they're going to play more time on ground. So I think he's going to go well. And guys, it's going to affect for mine. Uh, I think I'm just going. It seems random that I'm adding Jasper Pittard. I've got in here. He averaged what high seventies last year. Mm. Pretty handy defender. I think he's going to be one of those types that they're not going to try to use as much this season, just because they need to be a bit more direct and actually be a bit more clinical with the ball. Um, Whitfield, I reckon, might struggle um, a bit. Why is that? Just he's a gun. Playing a bit more outside, not as a direct type player um, through the middle. So I reckon he might not go as well. He'll still go well, but just not as well as he might have gone last year. Jared Polak, another outside type, I think might get used a bit less. Um, plus, he's got the foot uh, issue anyway. Uh, Jake Lloyd is one as well. He gets a lot of his points from the chippy chippy around the uh, the back line, so I reckon he's going to battle there. Same with Dersma, I think, as well. Just the guys that are more inside are going to go better, I think, and the guys that are a bit more outside are probably just going to be used a little less, I think. not They're not going to be awful, but they're just going to be affected a little bit, I think. Interesting hot take there. I just think like, clearance work and stuff is going to be a lot more vital, that's all. I still think that you, this could be the year of the key forward because how they go round one? Uh, not great, but goals <laughs> are always worth six points. Yeah, sure. You they, know, of course they are. You just got to put them through there. Exactly. Anyways, that's the uh, end of this week. So we'll wrap it up. Uh, we ended up going for forty-two minutes there, okay? So it's a nice little pod. Yeah, I thought we'd go shorter, but that's okay. Um, basically, that's it. Uh, we'll be back next week with an actual proper wrap up of uh, round two. Uh, we'll have the round rewind and uh, yeah, a few other little bits and pieces to have a look at. Um, but yeah, that's it. Uh, if you're keen to follow us on our socials, uh, we've got Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Check them out in the descriptions and yeah we'll back into it next week guys let's do it should be good fun all right thanks for listening and uh yeah we'll talk to you soon see you then